All right. Good afternoon. For uh, today's share, we're we're going to go to the zoo. Right? Exciting. Okay, so we're not going to actually go to the zoo, but I would like to talk about the subject of different species of animals, chayas, behemoths, birds, fish, which are maybe not everyday household names that we mention in daily conversation, but they are the subject of halachic discussion when it comes to kashrus. I don't know if there's anyone here who's an interest on a, on a personal level in studying about, uh, not studying, but even just being acquainted with different species of animals. Stam, as a, uh, as a general note, my impression is that it's a nice uh, part of a subject for kids or even adults who are looking for some topic to uh, occupy their time with. And Bifrat, that this angenomen that uh, studying about animals is considered the Nefloi Sabaira, and that's Lukhaira the Khajbin and Shmuz and Metkinder talks and tales. There was Wunder von Atur. So that's just about the general familiarity. But here we're going to focus specifically on particular species which are the subject of halakhic discussion, as we said. So I don't know if any of you are able to give me an example of one such species that's been the subject of debate. Huh? To put you on the spot. You mean turkey? No, no, no. Okay, so we'll... Okay, so we'll, there's a recent controversy about chicken that I'll get to uh, shortly. And uh, buffalo, which we're going to get to shortly. So, I'm not even sure, even though I'm not sure how many you can name, I'm not sure whether we'd be able to even cover all of them in one share. There's many more than you might be aware of, uh, especially when it comes to the birds. Um, and that's even before we uh, expand the definition of the word species to include plants, and then we can start discussing plants, things that grow, and what shyless there might be regarding their identification. We're not going to get into that. So the reason and the direction that I'm coming from on this topic is based on a, an incident that happened last year, approximately. Someone I know, an acquaintance, who uh, posted a notice on uh, the International Jewish Board of Notices, which is, of course, uh, WhatsApp status. And uh, what's the WhatsApp status? That he has a friend on Shlichus in Asia, and I didn't ask and get and ask for Shos to announce exactly where it is. So I'll just tell you generally that it's a country in Southeast Asia, and it's near Myanmar, Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, not one of those, but in that area. And go to the math. Now, what's the announcement? What's the maida? That we're doing a fundraiser, we're raising money for the shliach. Please donate generously. Why are we donating to the shliach? Because the shliach wants to buy a cow. Why does the shliach need a cow? Because he wants chal Yisrael. Why is he different than every, than every other uh, good to yid than the shliach who goes to the local barn and watches the Khalifa and takes the milk home? So apparently in his country, there are no cows for milking. So what do they have? They have buffalo for milking. That's all they have in this country, in Asia. 
And in the message, it says, there's no Messiahs, and we'll get to that statement uh, later on. So we need a special cow just for the shliach, so the shliach can get milk, chal of Yisrael. For that reason, we need money, so that's why there's a fundraiser. Good question. I'm not sure there was a precise... Uh, question is whether there are some local cows which you can buy, or whether he has to import a cow to the country. Sure, it all depends. Um, we're not going into the, uh, even though in the Shiram here we get into trade and international trade, but we're not going to get into the uh, price of a cow in Asia. Um, so before we continue, first of all, for those who are not even familiar, really, what is a buffalo? We're mentioning this animal. What is it? So let me just describe to you in modern terms what a buffalo is. The water buffalo, the, the scientific name is Bubalis, and apparently that's where the term buffalo itself evolves from. That was the original name. So it's also known as the domestic water buffalo, the Asian water buffalo. So it's actually a domesticated animal, which is interesting. And it's a bovid. What is a bovid? So bovid is the scientific term for basically all the animals, all the kosher animals that are mafrise uh, parsa, maligeda, uh, so that includes the, the eight categories are bison, which is here in America, African buffalo, water buffalo, antelope, sheep, goats, musk, oxen, and domestic cattle. Those are all in the bovid family. So water buffalo is in that family. It is pretty cow-like in its appearance. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's from India, Southeast Asia, that area, but today it's in far more places, Europe, Australia, North America, etc. Um, there's two kinds. There's the river buffalo, which is closer to Europe. There's the swamp buffalo, which is closer to Asia. Um, we have records thousands of years ago, even more close to the Middle East, of trading buffalo or uh, sacrificing buffalo. Um, there's hundreds of millions of them today. In fact, it's interesting to see that it's the animal that most people depend on because we don't really use cows for uh, our work here in the West. But in Asia, they still use animals for work and that tends to be the buffalo. So it's actually an animal that people need for their livelihood. And they use it for the rice and it could be milked, uh, etc. So getting back to the story. So I sent a message to this person. I said, you know, I'm a little surprised that you're raising money for a cow. You're telling me that you're saying the buffalo is a problem. From what I'm familiar with, buffalo is not a problem. It's not really a problem. And I sent him some halachic material on the subject. And at the time, I never really got a response, and I never really found out at the time what happened in the end. Uh, today, as I was preparing the share, covered the share, I uh, pulled some connections, and I actually did get a report uh, today about what ended up happening. I'll, I'll mention it at the end. While we're at it, at the time I looked a bit, and um, it turns out that actually in this country, they actually did not have a history of milking any animals at all, apparently. And the fact that there's even buffalo milk now is from the last couple of years. Some Western people came and said, where's the milk? And there was no milk. And uh, people who own the buffalo, they want to work them. They don't feel comfortable with milking them. They feel like, what are you doing to my animal? And they sell buffalo meat, but once you slaughter it, of course, there's no milk. So there was no buffalo milk at all, and these people came along and they started opening, about the last 10 years, they started opening the first uh, you know, barns to raise buffalo for milking. Anyway, that's how I got to this subject. Um, so, 
in this particular country in Southeast Asia. Just interesting that they uh, didn't have milk at all. And then they started milking the local animal, which is the buffalo, which absolutely produces milk. The local people just never did it. Anyway, so this is how I got to this subject. So it's pretty practical, at least for this person. Um, so that's why I would like to go through some of the uh, inyanim, the halachas that are related to this topic, the terror discussion in this generation that relates to the buffalo. Because besides for the shliach who needs his milk, there's the world of kashras. The world of kashras, to a great degree, is driven by money. And every now and then, you have someone with a new idea, a new business idea. They want to market a new type of meat. And then you have to arrange a hachshir. And then the hachshirim and the rabbanim, and with, with whichever influences there might be from, uh, you know, people that have interest, financial interest in the, in the market. So then they have to produce an official statement, an official hachshir that, okay, this meat is, is okay now. So we're going to uh, look into that. We're going to go into the discussion of the buffalo, and we're going to compare it to uh, another species that's also been discussed in, let's say, around the same time in the last few years, which is the red deer, for contrast. Now, before we get to discussing the buffalo, I'd like to still first give you an overview, give you a general sense of where this whole subject of halacha has been up to, up until the last uh, few decades. So, now I can't claim to say that I've researched this entire topic from uh, beginning to end, every animal, every discussion, but my impression is that we don't find much of this type of discussion in earlier generations, that there should be a sharp argument, uh, debate over whether this species, especially if we're talking about a common species, something that there's a lot of, that is a Pashat Kasha or is it a Mamash Treif? Now, in Gemara Chun, of course, there's uh, discussions about lots of different types, and later we'll quote from the Rosh about a bird called the Hasida, but I still think my statement is, based on what I know, is still generally true, that the big, the big discussions that we're familiar with are from the last few hundred years, and especially when it comes to birds. And there's also uh, one uh, that I know of right now, one famous discussion regarding fish. So now before we get to that, as some of you mentioned, there's been a big discussion about birds as well in the last few years, right? Because now they have new svekas, new questions, and some say it's due to uh, conflicting uh, business interests uh, regarding the regular chicken, the standard chicken that we eat when we, when we say we're having chicken or we're having eggs. Um, because technically there are sub-subspecies of chicken, and they started raising questions. This one, that one, is the one we're using problematic? Maybe we should switch to another one. Maybe that one's problematic. Which one did they use them all? Which one are they using now? Have there been a kilayim over, over time? Is, are we about to using a, a new type of uh, chicken that's never been used before? So, and also, can we analyze the chickens themselves? Can we start examining them for simonim? Can we start finding problems? Um, and that's, of course, the reason why... In, birds in particular, this is an issue, is because the Torah never gave, Chumash never gave clear simonim, just a list of and so that has caused more confusion over the generations, and especially considering how many birds there are, so Chazal, of course, are discussing certain species, and they gave certain simonim, and the, the discussion continues, and that's why it's, you know, birds in particular. Just I'll quote a little bit from the Gemara Nechulin to give you a sense where, where the story starts in the Gemara. Rabasi says there's eight sveikas, there were eight birds that were in Suffolk then. 
gives the names, Chuva, Chuga, Suga, Harnuga, Tushlumi, Marduk, Uchilnam, Barnafcha. He says, what's the Safik? So the Safik is that one of the Samanim is, the Reifest to Haidim, Kirkavonon, Niklaf, the gizzard of a kosher bird, can be peeled. Of a tame, it can be peeled. And these eight, they couldn't be peeled normally. You needed to use a knife. So that was one discussion relating to Samanim already, Sveikas in the time of the Gemara. A little further on, the Gemara says, Abayah said that Tarnagoyla, the Agma, the swamp rooster, is one of the eight because it's the Mardu that was on that list. And the uh, Papa said that the Tarnagoyla, the Agma, the rooster, the male, Asira, the Tarnagolta, the, the hen, the Agma is Shaya, is, is, is Mutter, and the, the Simon is Amoini Velay Amoinis, one and out the other. Um, and then Amarema said that uh, the Tarnagol to the Agma, what's the problem with the hen? Um, it's Aser, because they used to think it's kosher, apparently, but then they saw that it was Daitis. So uh, they realized, okay, we have to say it's not kosher. So you see this type of discussion and discovery and figuring things out in the time of Chazal. Right, so you see at least on these, there's a discussion, is it kosher, is it treif? And then a little on, in the, a little further on in the Gemara Nachulam, we get to the famous Yisoid and birds. Amr Rabbi Yitzchak, Oif Tahar Nechal B'Mesaidus. We eat kosher bird based on a Mesaida. And the Gemara says that the hunter can say that my master in hunting taught me that these birds, you know, who would know birds would be a hunter, and his teacher taught him which is which. But Amirkan said he can't just point; he has to know the names, he has to show some proficiency in the subject. Now, the Pashtab shot here in the Gemara is that a Messiah is all you need. That you don't need to check any further. Here, a Messiah, it's fine. If you look at Rashi in the story above uh, with the Tarnagolta, the Agma, so Rashi says over there, because you know what, I'm reading this Gemara, do we really know what all these things are? In Italy, Rashi says, if we have a new bird that appears before us, maybe this bird will also uh, attack another bird. This case in the Gemara, the Gemara seems to be saying that it was considered tahar, it's considered kosher a bird, up until a certain point, and then one day, and once they, they, they discover this new information, they change the din. So Rashi says, You can only eat a bird if you have a Messiah. Told us that we always ate this bird. They didn't give us a Messiahs. You should be careful. You should be wary. Messiah would be good. So, all you need is a Messiahs. Of course, you have to look at it. And if you see there's a problem, then it's a problem. But that's what Rashi says. That's the biggest side in birds that you need a Messiahs. So, like we said, recently it started becoming a whole discussion about even chickens themselves, which one is which. To just summarize the recent controversies, this was like Mamash five years ago. We started looking into the bird, the, the, the word, the key word you have to know is brackel, the brackel uh, chicken. It's from Belgium. And there was some company that wanted to start uh, importing it and making a run of this chicken. And they said, this chicken is a purebred. It's more of a pure chicken than uh, the chickens we're eating now, which uh, have been commercially uh, you know, messed around with. Um... And first they got a hechsher that seemed to suggest that you know, we should use these birds maybe. And then all, you know, it got to, you know, it got very controversial very quickly. 
Um, the question being, is there a Masada on the brothel? Uh, you bring a particular species. Do we need a Masada and do we have one? Um, right? So those who said that the brothel is good, they said, first of all, it's so similar to the regular chicken that you wouldn't need a separate Masada. Plus, they found Shachtim that said, yeah, yeah, we're familiar with this chicken from a ball. Uh, so there is a Masada. And they said, anyway, it grows among other chickens. It's like a normal chicken, so that should be good as well. Those who are against... They say, no, this is not a common uh, variety of chicken. And the shachtan, they're giving testimony. They're getting confused. They can't tell the difference between different types of chickens anyway. Or they themselves shachted it without knowing the messiahs. What was their messiahs? Um, Jews in Belgium didn't really eat it. Uh, there are uh, significant differences, according to these people, in its appearance. So maybe it's not. Uh, maybe, and, even, and maybe some of those differences actually make it look a little bit more like a bird of prey, not the... Scientific category, but a dirtus, so piyalacha. If you're interested in the topic, you could start with, there's a letter that was put up on the COO in Hebrew of Meshu de Leblando, Brak wrote a letter to the Baron of Satmar about it at the time. It was a big parsha. But even before this generation, the big discussions, one could say, were about the birds. And in fact, you find with the Rabbeim, there's at least two that I'm aware of, uh, Two places where the Rabbeim have a, a serious discussion about varieties, species of birds. So one is at the Tzemach Tzedek in Yehudei Asim and Samach. And the Tzemach Tzedek says, Advar HaAvozais, the geese that are in your country, and most people are eating it, and their beak is black. And there's also a few other differences from the normal, the standard goose, but they're also not the Vildegans. They're also not the uh, the wild geese either, which is a separate discussion. He says... And then the Lashon here, which is a little unclear, but from the end of the Tshuva, it seems like it's another question. What about the variety of geese known as the Kitaisk against? Now, those who know Russian, Kitaisk means Chinese, so there's a variety of those called the Chinese goose. And it's not the same word as Kachka. Kachka, I think, is the wild geese or ducks. Um, so the Tzemach Tzedek jumps into the very long and lengthy deep discussion about what are the simonim, what simonim do you need with birds, can you be mekel, and, uh, depending on the situation. Get to Ezvav, so he starts going through other Mekaitis that have discussed similar things. He says the classic source on this topic is the previous Tzemach Tzedek, the one who's called today Tzemach Tzedek HaKadman, Benach Mendel Krachmal of Nicholsburg. So he was asked in his Shut Tzemach Tzedek, Tzemach about the wild geese, and he was actually Machmer. Um, based on the Isavahatr that says that there's a chashash, maybe it's one of the birds that are problematic. Now, the case you place here, Venus and Apeshitz, responds to the Tzemach Tzedek Akadman and argued, Tzemach Tzedek, our Tzemach Tzedek is quoting him, and there's a whole country there called Pnei Nesher, and he says, and in a nutshell, the case you place his argument was that because they have Gimel Simanim, they have three Simanim according to most Paiskim, that's enough, even if you don't check whether it's Deiris or not. These three physical simonim are enough. Um, either those who are the Rishonim or Machmer, Lechayr or Machmer more than that, but comes specifically to this, there's a Kabbalah from Zerach Yalev, the Razah, that the specific simonim in the goose that are simonim uh, kashis. And the Tzemach Tzedek quotes the response, there's a shot called Shuas Chen, I don't know if it's particularly well known, but he actually writes Shuvas Chain Lagoin, the Pshimshin Zal Halevi. It was printed in Dubna and Tafka from Zion, 1797. He was a Rav and Radzaman. So he responds to the Kresi Uplesi, 
in Simon Gimel, he says that um, we know for a fact that, in fact, uh, the geese that we're talking about, the wild, uh, the, the wild geese, actually only have two simonim, not three. There's an extra finger, and the kirkov on the gizzards, the Gemara mentioned, you can peel it. But they actually do not have a zephek. A zephek is a crop, something that protrudes from the bird, helps it to digest the food in a certain way. That's the zephek, the crop. Uh, they don't have it. Oh, so he says, we know this for a fact with, with regular geese. So the wild geese also don't have a zephek, even though we didn't check. And he says, the crazy place he's whole there was that they have three simonim. Now, I, why are we eating regular geese if the regular geese don't have three simonim? We're eating the regular geese because we have a mesitis. But now you have the wild geese that don't have three simonim. They have two simonim and they don't have a mesitis. So then where's the crazy place he's there? How are you going to be mad to the wild geese? And he says he could tell the crazy place he himself never checked the wild geese because he just said there's three simonim and apparently he never checked them. Or... Again, he himself said he didn't check the wild geese either, but he feels like the crazy place he didn't do any more research than he did, so he thinks his assumption that they don't have a zephyr is a better assumption than that they do. Uh, so the truest Khan's conclusion that the Samuel said the quotes was, um, so I think, butter that uh, these geese in question, you can't be matter because they only have two simon. Samuel Tzedek then goes on to quote that, Quoted certainly Rishonim that Taka said clearly that geese that are kosher only have two simanim. So Rabbi the whole crazy placey, but the legamre kol anichas a crazy placey behatan avild the gans vavild the enten because surely mistama they also only have the same two simanim and there's no mesayrus and even though they're called wild geese so it seems like it's pretty related to the regular goose but we see in the Gemara that Tarnagoyel the Agma is a mintome now. It tells you, it shows you that the name is not enough uh, to go by. Then the Tzema Tzadah quotes an interesting marker. The Knesset Sagdayla was asked about a oif called the Paven. What is a Paven? If you look it up, it's actually the peacock. So we know uh, the, the peacock is actually the male. The, there's the peacock, the peahen, and the family, they're called peafowl. They're from the fowl family. So chickens, turkeys, it's all from that family, at least scientifically. So the Knesset Agdela discusses the peafowl, and the Knesset Agdela actually said we shouldn't eat it. Why? Because there's different Rashis. There's a Rashi in one place that says the Tavus, which is Tahar, is a, a, a puan, a Pavan. But then there's a Rashi about a Duchifas that Rashi calls Fuan uh, Slavia, something like that. So it sounds like it's the same word, so that how are we 100% sure we know which Pavan is which? That's the uh, the problem that the Kesa Sagdaila, you could say, created regarding the peacock. That's a whole separate discussion. There are, I've seen material written today to try to figure out what Rashi actually meant in each place, if you can figure out what those words mean. But anyway, due to how uncommon it was even then, Kesa Sagdaila himself says the peafowl was not a common bird, simply not for eating. And due to the Sveikas, so at this point there's no Messiahs anyway, so you wouldn't be able to eat it at this point. Although I saw that Rav Kapach was a Temani, and he had interesting shittas, so very much trying to follow the Rambam. He, he argued that according to the Rambam, you wouldn't eat a Messias in this case, and he argued that you actually could eat the Tavas, the, the peafowl today. We're not getting into, we're just going through the Tzimach Tzedek, but that's another thing 
that you see that Rashi said that the Pavan is an if tahar, but then at the same time, there's another Pavan that's not. So you can't just work based off a, a very similar name or related name. Um, so yeah, so ain't tema that you can say that's a, not, not a difficult thing to say that Avaz Habar is not tar, and the regular Avaz is tar. Then it's also it's been interesting. Raya some shas that our Rebbe Chana was in the midbar and he saw the geese and the oil and the flooding. For those familiar with that story, so Tzemel says, "Hey, if you find geese in the desert, surely it's not the domesticated geese; it's probably the wild geese." And uh, if the mashma is there, that it's kosher. So, um, okay. Um, another there's another reason in Simonim. Then the Tzemel concludes them the Kolmak and Lamaisa Einlus and even though there's a mashmos in the Gemara that the, the wild goose itself is tar, but in the Tzemach Tzadik Akadman, he wrote that he also had another ayah from the Gemara, an Eilis Mechazah, the Shema ain't called Avozis Habarshav. Maybe even the wild geese are not all the same. So how do you know the wild goose in the Gemara in the desert is the same wild goose we have here? So it seems like the Tzemach Tzadik actually, in this particular debate, which was a debate in Europe at the time. It seems like the Tzemach Tzedek actually sided with the Tzemach Tzedek Akadman against the Kresu Plesi, etc., and concluded that the wild geese were taka problem. But that wasn't the question the Tzemach Tzedek was asked. This is a related question. Um, Kolza is the Vild against the Vosis Habar, which is different than our geese. Um, but the ones we're talking about over here are domesticated. They are B'nai Tarbus. They're a little different. The beak is black. So the Shuris Chen also already said that are they maybe also really from the wild geese family? And its conclusion there was, I don't know what to say because they don't have Gimel Samana. Right, as we know, that's the problem with geese, that they don't have Gimel Samana. Someone said then quotes from the Pischei Tshuva, who quotes from the base of Ram, who has a Kuntras Mishpat Shalom, that says that the geese with the black beaks are kosher, even though others said it's a problem. And Beis Avram goes by Richas to say that it's fine. And the Tzemach Sanat says, on this, on this question that I was asked about, the Beis Avram says it's fine versus others who say it's not. I think we should go more with the Beis Avram, the Tzemach Sanat says. Because Mehechet Taisi, we should start asking questions. Maybe they're from the wild geese. They're not. They don't look wild. They look domesticated. They have the, the Shemen Avos, or not, sorry, misreading. Ushman Avos are called an Avos. And they have Sumanitana like an Avos. So uh, they're white, the whole body's white, just the beak is black. So Shema uh, Milsi, we should use the name. It is a factor to some extent. Um, so I'm going to say, what about the, the Taisk again, the Chinese geese? It has an extra shame levi. It says, that it's only called that here. But in other places, that's the normal geese. They just call it geese in that place. So you can't say it's a real shame levi. And uh, in this vein, this is what the Tzemach Tzedek says. Uh, it brings a, an idea that if it's a shachenim tohenim, if it's doimelehen, there's also a factor. If it mamish seems to be a part with a known species that's kosher, I'm sure that's only nidme, it's not shachen. Um, but in this case, he says there's already a minute to eat them. So the minute that they started should count as a Messiah. So we have this, we're not getting into the Turkey question, which was not as big of a debate, actually, even though it's a little more famous. But uh, you have these different birds that technically are somewhat different than the birds that were around before. But at some point, once enough people eat it, the minute becomes a Messiah. There is such a concept. 
I didn't have enough time to figure out what particular species of geese that Zemach Tzedek could have meant when he wrote that. I'm not sure. Um, there are a lot of chuvas that talk about these geese with the black beak, so it shouldn't be that difficult to figure out what geese we're talking about. Uh, the Tzemach Tzedek then quotes a famous chuva of the Rosh. A lot of people might be familiar with part of it, but might not be familiar with the context. So the Rosh was asked about the Hasidah, the stork. And some of the quotes parts of it and leaves out some of the exciting parts. I'll quote the full thing. The Rosh says, Yeah, you claim that there's a Messiah to eat the Hasidah somewhere. I wouldn't be saying that Messiah. Our Messiah. You're going to bring me uh, Messiahs of other places. Ashkenaz is where it's at. We have the Messiahs since the Chorban, uninterrupted. He's talking about Spain itself. He's living in Spain at the time. He famously escaped from Germany to Spain. And he's, uh, at, that, at the same time, he's denigrating uh, local tradition and saying uh, Ashkenaz and Sarfas is where it's at. Some of the quotes it with, uh, you know, Chulus. Um, and so the Rosh says that I wouldn't rely on the Messiahs Habchusim just because uh, some nobody has a Messiahs, it doesn't count. And the Maril also quotes it in the same context, the Messiahs Ashkenaz who Adif. So what about these Messiahs? Uh, they can't just go with any Messiah and say, oh, this Messiah. So Yishlem are awesome, shiny, because for Ashkenaz, Yish Messiahs Lahapach. The Rosh was standing up for Ashkenaz who Davke didn't eat the Hasidah. So your Messiah versus my anti-Messiah, my anti-Messiah is better than your Messiah. But in this case, where there's no anti-Messiah, there's no Messiah Slahapech, and there's already a Minik Pashut, so Yishleimah, we could say that it is like a Messiah, and the Minik is good enough. That was the Tzemach Tzedek's conclusion. So he was masking to Tzemach Tzedek about the wild geese, but he was masking to the base of Ram, to Imater, these geese, the Chinese geese, or whatever it was, these slightly different ones, that uh, were still similar enough to the regular domesticated geese. And that's one example from the Tzemach Tzedek. Another is from the Marash. It's gotten a little more attention in the last few years because of the Barakal controversy. So in the Igris of the Marash, it's a short shuva to Tzvi Hirsh Tamarkin about Hatar Nagoylem Hagdoylem. Now what are the Tzvi Nagoylem Hagdoylem? So Rebbe 11, in the footnote, in the table of contents, identifies it as the turkey. But I don't believe I'm the first. I believe many have already pointed out that this seems to be incorrect. And Rebbe himself is mitzayin. There are a lot of tshuvas from this tkufa about this. So yeah, indeed, there are many tshuvas in this tkufa about this, and they're not about the turkey. They're about simply a larger variety of hen that had been imported around that time. Um, so just to quote a little bit from Rebbe Marash to give you a sense of what he writes. So Rebbe Marash says, in addition to the discussion of the simanim, between Moisif Behetein and Mitzazim Bechayres, that Torah and Tameh can't breed with each other. So he says, just like Bemis and Chayas, it's also Aphis. Because it says, Stam, Tameh Torah. Goes with Bemis, Chayas, Lashonakeva, and Aphis, it would be Tameh. And the Gemara says, Tahira, But Nira Shagambo Aphis Kenu. And since we see that the regular chicken that we always had is eaten by Messias, can breed with the Tarnagal Hagadol, it's called the Englander, the, the British, the English hen. So, Muchach uh, Tuva, it's also Tahar, otherwise they wouldn't be able to breed with each other. Um, and then, Shane is the Menash says, this is similar to what the Tamil said in that case, Yishleimar, they're called the English hen, so Mustama, they eat them in England. The Cholum Be'aretz, England. 
Memesinus. So, Kopanim, they weren't Noyaganisser, and so, everyone was Moida that you can be relying on the Messiah somewhere else, and it was already partial to Lahater, and they eat it everywhere, so how can we ask them now? So, and then he has another Nakoda, and then Rashi concludes, Allah can be called healing time for all these reasons, I think, it's much to eat them, Yechlan of Mishbow. And here, in the Bavach, we eat it, Belishim Pickbook, and I heard there's already a Hakir in the Ramachshirat, and even nearby in Vitapsk, there's already a widespread Hatter. He says, the Ramachshirat says a fart, that the Chumris come from the agenda of the Shaykhtim and the Bali Hachachira, the Zivchit Tzedek, there was uh, in the Shtetl, there was a tax on Shechita. Every time you shechted an animal, you had to pay a tax to the call. And there were people then who would take the rights to collect the tax, and they made a business out of it. So the Shachtim and the Bali Hachira decided that it's cutting into their, uh, their, I guess the chicken is bigger, so you don't need to shecht as many as often. So they were losing uh, X number of shechitas, so that's where the agenda is coming from, the Rebbe Marash says. More on this historical chapter, you can find in Kaivitz Eitz Chaim Bab of Gilyan Chavzayin from a few years ago. They went through a lot of the Polish and that talk that spoke about these big chickens. So this, these are some examples, using the Tzavach and Marash, to give you a sense of the, what these discussions were like in the last few hundred years. Very recently, Mamish, a few months ago, there's a new sefer that was printed about the bird controversies called Eif HaShemayim, it's in the stores, and you can get more information about these topics from there as well. Um, when it comes to fish, just to mention them quickly, uh, even though fish should be pretty straightforward, the Simonim are pretty clear, but, of course, there's the famous debate about the sturgeon, and we know that the beginnings of the reform movement in Hungary began over a debate over the sturgeon, and after the one who was it turned out down the road to become sympathetic to reform. What's less known is that there's actually a Chabad discussion as well. Bishon Munshine printed, and one of the things, one of the things he printed, he collected a bunch of chuvas from Kisveyad, from Semach Tzedek, and other Rabbani Chabad of that time, and I recall, if I recall correctly, there are at least some of them that actually were moderate, interestingly, but we're not getting into that. So we're going to get back to, let's get back to the topic at hand, which is the buffalo nowadays. Now, what's unusual about the discussion with the buffalo is that this discussion is literally brand new. Ten years ago was probably the first time that I know of that someone actually was Ma'er in Suffolk about the kashras of the buffalo. You open a shulchan aruch, what? It wasn't necessarily so popular, but you open a Shulchan Aruch, Yeridea, Simil Chavches, and the Shulchan Aruch says, the buffalo, you don't do Kisei Adam. It's right there, a buffalo in Shulchan Aruch. Um, and all the Bukhairis, Nat Simen, Chavches, and also the Shur Habar gets mentioned in Simen Pei. Now, what to identify if the buffalo is, you know, assuming we're saying it's kosher, which kosher animal it's mentioned in Tanakh, we should identify it with that is a very big variety. I don't know if we'll be able to get into that. Um, to, today in modern Hebrew, it's called the To'o, uh, which is one of the To'o is mentioned in, in Chomish. So that's the one that they've gone with now. The To'o, top olive vav. Yeah, well, there's a vav, Usa'i, yeah, but uh, To'o. Um, so it's mentioned in Shulchan Aruch. As buffalo, perhaps also as Sher Habar, because in other places the Sher Habar and buffalo are, synony- uh, are synonymous. But you should find from the time of the Rishayim, there's a Teisvis in, um, if I have the Maramakim here, there's a Teisvis in Zvachim that mentions the buffaloes in the context of their aim. There's 
from the Rishayin, the Piskeidid, this is one of the Makayas they quote, that he mentions the buffaloes, the Miri, um, there's a debate in Rishayinim about whether to kiss Adam or not, or we'll get to in a moment. Uh, and then throughout the Achrayinim as well, uh, 150 years ago in Hungary, you'll find Shuvas and Shut Derech Yivchar, Avni Tzedek, Levushim Martchai, they're all casually mentioning the buffalo and asking about Lenin Bechar, Lenin this, Lenin that. Pretty much an uninterrupted discussion about buffalo by name for the last 1,000 years. So it's also mentioned actually in Eir Chaim and Simon Tovkov Peivov, and Hechel Shaifer, the Sharet Shiva brings from the Yaivetz about using the Shaifer of a buffalo. It's also mentioned there by name in, in the Shulchan Aruch. So that's, uh, it's a bit surprising that we're having this debate. Now, there's something else called bison here in America. When America was discovered, they found the bison. Now, bison are sometimes also called buffalo. It's a bit confusing. Scientifically, they're not really so closely related to the buffalo. Bison, is, it's been more, I'm not going to get into it. That's been established, uh, I think, while before that it's used commercially for kosher purposes. There's a, a website you can find that sells it. Uh, I've seen it served here in Crown Heights. So that's uh, actually a bit of a different dis- discussion. The Shevet Halevi talks about the bison and says it's fine. But, uh, what? No. But that's what's surprising that all of a sudden the buffalo became a whole Shaila Mamish in the last 10 years, 15 years or so. So the big source on the buffalo is the Shema Shlema of uh, the Rishon Tzion of Shlomo Amar. So he has his own set of chavas. This is from Chelek Vav. I think seven or eight volumes. And uh, there was actually an article that was written at the time when this chavas was written that there was a commercial reason why it came up. There was a, a buffalo farm that wanted to start uh, selling it, and that created a whole discussion, and the Shlomo got involved. I have to decide, is it good or not? So I'm going to go quickly uh, through uh, his tshuva. So, it's called, So, Jamus is the Arabic name. That's the term you also find in Tzvarim, and that he uses a lot. And is it a behemoth or a so this is dated Tavshin Samach Vav, so 15 years ago. Um, and then he rewrote it again. Uh, so I was asked by cattle, uh, people that raise cattle and researchers, is it mutter bachil or not? And what's with the chelev? Is it like a chai and the chelev is mutter? Or is it like a behemoth? You have to do kisi adam? Like, uh, uh, okay, we'll get to the kisi adam in a second. Um, so and everyone says, oh, the jamus is the buffalo, Shulchan Aruch. So he starts by quoting the Rambam about the different minim. The Rambam doesn't use the word buffalo there. That's the Shur Habar. Uh, then he gets to the Beis Yosef and Simon Chavchas, who quotes the Agur, which are the Rishonim, one of the Ashkenazi Rishonim, Shur Habar, Shekarim, Buffalo. And Besinu Agoinim said that you should do, do Kisya Adam, but we're not sure if it's a Chayar or a Behema. Um, however, the Bishai Achrin, the Riaz, writes that Buffalo is the Meri, so according to him, it's for sure not a Chayar. So if it's a behema, then there's no reason for kisiyadam. Dark Moshe in Simchavches says, "B'shem Hagoy Shchitas Mahariv, the Hashechet Koi Shekarin and Bav." You see, each person who mentions it though associates it with something else. We just had in the, a few sentences Shara Bar Marie, and now Koi. So um, what he says is, you should do, you should fazer a lot of dirt before the Shchita because it's a Suffolk Chaya, and you have to cover it with Suffolk. 
And to get out of the machlekes, you should really also shech the chicken on top of the, or a bird on top of the, the blood of the buffalo. So then you can make a bracha for the chicken. And male, you're covering the other blood as well. So, um, according to Mariv, the problem seems to be that it's Kalayim because he called it a koi. Okay. So now you open the Shulchan Aruch and it says in Shulchan Aruch, a buffalo no goes to the chasis domoi. Full stop. The Machaber says, we don't do kisi adam. So it seems to be saying that it's like a behema, like the Riyaz. Meramah comments and says, that uh, the buffalo, shuhu sher habar, shemachayahu. And therefore, toiv bracha, either do without a bracha or to check the chicken. And then you can, again, make that, that etzah, you make the bracha on the kisi of the chicken. So the Chayre, Shlomo says, it sounds like that the Machaber is passing like Riyaz, that it's Pasha behema. Why is he ignoring all the other opinions? They said it was all a Suffolk Chaya. That's where the idea comes from. And they said you should cover it because of the Suffolk. I, the Ram, said Sher Habar, but who's to know which Sher Habar? Sher Habar could be anything that's cow-related and in the wild, not domesticated. It's hard to know what it is. Maybe one Sher Habar is a Chaya, one Sher Habar is a Behemoth. Quotes the Shulchan Gavaya, who seem to think that the Mechaber Taka Paskin like Riyaz, And he's, he's responding and saying, maybe Lavdafka, that's the Mechaber. You can touch that the Mechaber is saying, Fakert, because there's a Suffolk. So if you do Kisi Adam like a Chaya, then people are going to eat the Chalev. One goes with the other. So it's better not to do Kisi Adam in the case of a Suffolk, because that way no one's going to assume it's like a Behemoth, a Suffolk, and I eat the Chalev. So Lavdafka, the Mishayi Mama Shalom, like that he has. Okay. Now, what about today? So for some reason, Shlomo Amar says that he's not convinced based on the identification, just alone, that it's the same thing. Maybe it's something else. And certainly, what about the question of Chaya, Chelev, that for sure would, we wouldn't be able to rely on different Makairis because there's so many different types of uh, animals. He actually gets a little bit into the question of, is it similar enough to the cow to say that maybe that should be a factor, that it's a behemoth like the cow? But he says he actually spoke to Dr. Ari Zivotovsky, who's a big name in this field. He's not a doctor. I think his doctorate is in his expertise uh, professionally is in some other field. But uh, as his uh, hobby, he's very into interesting animals and their cows. He's written a lot about it in English and Hebrew. And he was also working here with Rabbi Omar. So he says, I asked Ari Zivotovsky, and Dr. Zohar Amar, no relation, but these are two guys who are into this. They said that, oh, the, the Jamus actually has 48 chromosomes. The cow has uh, 60 chromosomes. So it seems to mean that it's not the same thing. Uh, research on whether they can breed with each other is inconclusive. Um, scientifically, they're considered in different categories, although he says that's not really going to change anything because whatever the case is, as he's about to say, the Samania Kashras are certainly there. So now we start saying, the Jamos, it's Mafris Parsa, it's Malagata. And the third simon that Omar is very into is the Gemara also mentioned something about the teeth. Now we have the front teeth are called incisors, and then animals uh, of prey have very sharp teeth on the sides that are called canine teeth. So kosher animals don't have, don't have any of those. They, they have molars in the back, to chew on top, but uh, they don't have, they're missing the front teeth. That is a simon kashras in animals. So they don't, these, the, the buffalo don't have these either. He says, I went in person 
to a certain valley to check them in their natural habitat in Israel, but uh, we couldn't uh, tranquilize any of them that day, so we looked for some dead ones lying around, and we saw the, we saw the hooves, and uh, we saw the lack of teeth. Of course, they have the molars, which is fine. So then we went down to Moshav, where they raised them, and uh, we saw again, we saw the hooves, we saw the teeth. Um, we checked the three of them there, we checked their teeth, no doubt. Uh, I asked a, a, a veterinary, or a, sorry, a, a, a dentist to uh, do an x-ray of the skull of the buffalo, and he, uh, he sent me the, the x-rays, and he says, we checked, and we checked the skull, and we saw there's no front teeth at all. Um, he took him to a veterinarian. The veterinarian also confirmed that the, the intestines are like a kosher animal, has the four compartments. Um, and I already have established this in my different shuvas on these different interesting animals. There's the zebu, which is related to the cows, which he was martyred. There's the red deer, which he ossered. And the reason why he ossered the red deer is because it has some kind of, some kind of front teeth on the side. And he says that's close enough to canine teeth to say that it's a problem, even though Dr. Zivotovsky and his friends, they argue that it's not the same. There's teeth there, but it's not the teeth that Gamar was talking about. Anyway, so that we went through all this, and we used these simonim to determine... And uh, as long as these things are missing, we should be fine. Now, what about the Messiah? So this is the last point. Where does this whole Messiah thing come from? So he says, Messiah, we know, comes from birds. Where does Messiah come in with animals? So there's a shach in Simon Pei. And the shach says, that when a, the context there is Chaya and Chalev. And uh, the shach says that uh, when it comes to the horns, one of the Samanim of Achaya is the horns, and that's very tricky and confusing. So instead of going with that, we go with the Messias. So he says, though, it's clear that Pashat Pshan the Shach means we need a Messias to be matter the Chaylev to say that this is a Simone Chaya. That's all the Shach ever meant. And that's what the Prima Godin teaches it. So, Taka, because we don't have Messias, but whether it's a Behemoth or a Chaya, we'll have to treat it like a Behemoth, and be machmer to not eat the chayla of the of the buffalo, but we certainly don't need a mesayres on the animal itself. What's the problem? This is the chachmas adam, the chachmas adam, the chay adam on yeridea. He writes, "Biter, we need we ain't no oichlem elamashikibam the mesayres meaveisenu." So he says, even the chachmas adam, the chayla, what the chachmas adam really meant was also in this context the gabi chayla. However, the way he wrote that sentence, it sounds a little broader. So uh, where does the problem really start? He says the problem starts with the Chazenish. So without getting into the whole subject of how we view the Chazenish as a Pesach, but the Chazenish says that Chazanish decided that the Chachmas Adam said that the Etzim eating it needs a Messias, and that's what the Shach really meant, and the Prima Godim is wrong. Shlomar says, already my other Chavis, I've discussed this, and how, you know, with all their due respect, that's not the Pashta Pshat. I already found that Yibishil uh, of Kutna and Yovan Das writes clearly that it's only the Gabi Chalev and not and the Pashat of the Suffolk and the Karnayim, and not the Gabi eating it itself. And also, he lines up that all disagree with this interpretation of the Chazanish's interpretation of the Chachmas Adam's interpretation of the Shach. 
And he says, I spoke to Shmuel Vosner about it at the time, and he agrees that, yes, that's absolutely correct. Uh, that might be the tshuva about the bison that I mentioned before. Um, and he's very happy to do the marker from Bashil of Kutna, the Kafa Chaim. It's great. So all of these paiskim, Chasidish, Lefiyarech, and Svaradim, they're saying, we're not going with the Chazinish's interpretation of the Chachmas Adam of the Shach. And so often the Gemara of Chista says, you go in the Midbar, and uh, you see a behemoth that has split hooves, you check the, you can't check the stomach, that's a little tricky. So you check the hooves, you check the mouth for the teeth, and you can eat it. And it's mashma that you don't know anything about the species, you never saw this animal before in your life. All you need to do is check those two things, and uh, you're fine. Um, you don't have to check the karnai, you don't need a masayda. Quotes also, um, Vassar, that the, the, from Rabbanim in Paris, had questions about Madagascar. The animals in Madagascar were a little different, and they checked the simonim, and the karnaim would be too tricky to check. And uh, so he said, it's not a problem. You don't have to check the karnaim. There's one shita that says that Yigmamash need a simon of karnaim for Tara, but that's not uh, the mainstream sock. Mainstream sock is that karnaim is a simon for Chaya, for Chaylev, nothing to do with uh, Kashrus. He's mentioned also that Ravitzak uh, Herzog, uh, his family is in the news this week, Ravitzak Herzog has a conscious on these different animals. And uh, I believe he also touches explicitly there on the buffalo, that's its own chapter. Call, I'm, I know it's, uh, let me just give me one more minute. The call Amor, he says, Oila, that we don't need a Messiah at all. The Shach never said that. That's the Prima Godam's shot is correct. And now he says, anyway, even if you go with the Chazinish, you know, I'm gonna, you need a Messiah, so I'm going to tell you. We actually, finally, he introduces the, the Trump card. Oh, we actually have a Messiah. And now he starts going through Mekaitis after Mekaitis, all kinds of Adios, of all kinds of Elter the Shachtim. He found one Shaykhet, an old, an old Shaykhet who was still around with the uh, Isaac Herzog and with Pesach Frank. And he used to Shacht, uh, the last hundred years, he was still Shachting Buffalo under their Hashkacha. Uh, um, he found others in Petach Tikva, they Shachted the Buffalo. Call me in like this. Um, and, and he, says, he found the Arabach from Tveria said that when he was a child, there was buffalo in Yerushalayim, and they ate it, and you could buy it anywhere. And Jamus, the confirmed, we're talking about the same thing. In Rome, they have a tradition, they have buffalo cheese. It's been going on for uh, long enough that it's also uh, Araya. Um, it keeps on going through more and more names. Now, I'm assuming all the names make a difference to you. Um, one interesting marker is that they asked of Elia Landau, the son of Aganka Landau, and he said that the buffalo used to grow wild, feral, in the Emek And he remembers himself many times they went there and they brought to the, the Shlachters in Bnei Brak, and they would sell the buffalo meat in Bnei Brak. He still remembers, and they ate it like pickbooks. So we have Shalayim, Bnei Brak, Petach Tikva, that they've been saying, of course, they've been always been eating it. There was never a doubt in the first place. So there's no problem. There's not even a question of in here anyway. Again, the problem will be, but that's okay. So just the end of the story was, I reached out to, to find out what was the story there. So he said, he doesn't know anything about the subject. He asked a few rabbanim, a few shluchim. You heard there's a discussion, so he decided he wants to avoid it. Problem is that he bought cows, local cows, and it turns out local cows don't give any milk. So he had to get goats. So uh, the money from the cow and the goat, okay. But uh, uh, to me, my maskana would be just like, I mean, there's people that say the, that the chicken we're eating is a problem. Uh, you can go with uh, anytime someone in the world says it's a problem, you're going to find yourself trapped very much. Based on all the makaitis that we see, it seems like pretty clear that buffalo was always considered caution. It's not really any suffering.